Calvert, Ernie Harvey, and Norma Harold. And they are going to share, and they may have a little humor mixed in, uh, but they're going to share reflections over the last 30 years. And then at the conclusion of that, Dana Corneman will come, and he will speak on behalf of the elders. And then we'll have a, a closing prayer, and we will all be dismissed to head to the Family Life Center, where Karen Rice and crew have put together a wonderful reception. Those of you that are planning to go to second service, we will start second service at 11 o'clock, even though the reception will probably still be ongoing. And we hope that we just have a, a blessed morning. And I'm thankful that all of you are here from First Christian Church. And those of you that are not a part of our church, we welcome you this morning, and we're glad that you're here as well. I'm going to have a word of prayer. When I get done, Jim is going to begin by showing us a video. Let's pray. God, we come this morning to give honor to whom honor is due. And I just thank you so much for Kent and Merla and just the love that they have first and foremost for you and for the passion that they've had for ministry here at First Christian Church in Clinton. And so over these next several minutes, we, we pray that we can laugh together, maybe cry together, and just celebrate what has been um, 30 years of difference-making ministry. We thank you most of all for Jesus, your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
Good morning. In the beginning, <clears throat> there was an interview. Board of Elders talked with Kent about coming and being the senior minister. And the usual questions were asked, like, do you have your wife and children under control? After 30 years, I'm not sure Kent wants to restate his answer or not. As the interview went along and getting down to where it's about the end, I thought we need to ask the most important question. So I asked him, do you play golf? <laughs> and the answer was yes. So I turned to the other fellows and I said, is there anything else we need to know? <clears throat> Next is dinner at our home. When we called Kent to come down and preach a trial sermon, Merla, Kent, and the kids stayed with us at our home. And I, we wanted to impress them. Shirley's uncle was married to an Italian, and she made the best sauce. Shirley has that recipe. So we make spaghetti, Italian meatballs, toss salad, etc., etc. She puts it on a large platter, the spaghetti, puts a little sauce on it, and you pass that around. I notice Ken is scooting the sauce a little bit away from the spaghetti. I don't know where he tossed the salad. Uh, but needless to say, we found out Kent does not like anything to do with tomatoes. So that got us off to a good start. Then the next item I got here is breakfast with Merla. <laughs> Why are you covering your face, Merla? <clears throat> we uh, took a little trip down to Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, to play some golf and relax with Merla and Kent. And uh, we left right after church on a Sunday, stayed in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, overnight, so we could get in early and play golf uh, the, the next day. And as we got up and was ready to go, I uh, said, well, there's a restaurant right next door here. We can get some breakfast. And Merla says, I, I really don't eat a lot of breakfast. So we went over. Merla ordered two eggs, hash browns, link sausage. <clears throat> and the waitress said, do you want toast or biscuits and gravy? She says, I'll have the biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I'd hate to see her when she was hungry. <laughs> Next item I have here is golfing with Kent. Uh, has anybody ever golfed with Kent? Well, if you ever do, I want to forewarn you. He speaks in tongues. <laughs> especially when he hits a bad shot. Speaking of golf, he and I were out playing at the Clinton Country Club one day. We kept come to the ninth hole, and there's a pond out in front of the tee. It's par three, about 135, 155 yards. And I notice he's, he gets an old ball out and tees it up. 
And I, we hear this voice, use a new ball. Oh, Ken said, the golfing gods are with me today. I'll put a new ball down. So he puts the new ball down, and he takes three practice swings. We hear the voice say, on second thought, put the old ball down. <laughs> Ken, it's been a great 30 years. And may God continue to bless you and your family. Probably my viewpoint is going to come from a little different direction, and I do have to point out one item. I'll just ask a quick question. How many people have watched Duck Dynasty? Figured it wasn't going to many, many that hasn't. Well, my wife brought up this topic as I was sharing with her when I got asked to do this. I had a different direction I was going to go. And you know when Cy has that look and he goes, nah. I got that look. That look has a little different feeling. It looks funny on TV, doesn't quite look the same in person. So I've changed my direction, even though lovely Mr. Taylor back there said I could have done that. Thanks, Deb. But I'm one of the coffee morning group with Kent out at the Shell Station. And when you say the Shell Station, everybody thinks, uh-oh, that's the people that talk about everything. Not really so much. Our table's a little different. Uh, again, I'm going to apologize to Mr. Taylor here in a minute. I'm one of the devoted Cub fans like he is. One of the common themes, and I do say common, even though I think it's only occurred around 60-some times this year, is talking about when the Cardinals lose. We do that a lot with Kent, and it's a joyous time to do it. We don't do it about the Cubs because after April 18th, you're done talking about that topic. <laughs> but Kent, we love talking about that. Some of the things that I've probably learned at the Shell Station is actually the different topics we do talk about. And whether it's farming, to business, to world, to our fine country, to our <clears throat> state of Illinois, there's always a point in time that Kent will bring back ministry into it. There is always a quote or a scripture that he's going to repeat to us. One of the things that's always amazed me during his ministry here and it's easy to use the word ministry when you're talking about your minister. But the interesting thing that he has showed me, and he's made me understand a little bit more outside this church, is the fact of the lost sheep, the lost lamb. Always heard that sermon. Always thought I understood it sitting in these pews. But not really so much. When he does his ministry to those in the hospital or those at funeral. He's now showed me what the term lost means and those you need to reach. And one of the things that's brought more respect to me, and I'm on the other side. Mr. Weichel was on the comedian side. I'm more on respecting my elders side of this. But he has strongly showed me something that his father bestowed in him, I believe, at a young age. There's an outside ministry that's just as important, if not more important, than inside this building. Because inside this building, we've already found our way to a certain degree. Greg has the challenge to keep us on track and get more out of us. But Kent's also showed me a way of how to reach out to those on the outside and try to make sure you're constantly sharing and constantly bringing them back to that. So one of the things I like to thank Kent for is what he has been able to show me in that. 
And it's with my respect that I now can call him my friend, not just my minister. Thank you. Good morning. When Karen called me a couple of weeks ago and asked me if I would be a part of this and Rose Kent, I said, well, I, I really feel honored. I kind of lied. I said, I felt honored to be a part of this, but really there were other people that were closer to Kent because I was more Merle's friend. And Karen said, Johnny, I've been working on this two weeks. I've made call after call after call. Kent really doesn't have any friends. <laughs> and I said, well, if you're that desperate, I'll be glad to help you out. So I hope I didn't make anybody up here feel bad, but I don't think we were first choices. <laughs> I'm not even sure J.D. Harold is a that much of a friend to Kent. He just wants to go over and watch the Cardinal games on TV. <laughs> There's probably four women that really know Kent. Merla, of course. And then there's Jill, but she's, she's daddy's little girl, so we can't, she's pretty biased. There's Norma, but Norma is so nice. And then <laughs> there's me. <laughs> Don't Kent, you look so nervous. I notice he's perspiring. Your blood sugar's okay, right? Merla, don't worry. I'm not going to betray any, any of our confidence. But I'll tell you, Wednesday, we're riding in the golf cart, and she's going, da, 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 and I thought, she's giving me all kinds of material, and I, and I only have three minutes. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> Merla and I became friends when we took, good friends when we took this trip to New York City, and she said, well, I'll go home and ask Kent. And Kent goes, well, I guess I'll let you go. Well, that was a joke. He, he tells Dave later, he said, thank goodness. He gets the Ed Sullivan pose. Thank goodness Johnny asked her to go on this trip. Now I don't have to go. <laughs> Merla, you need to get on her calendar if you want to go out for lunch. She goes out to eat a lot. But fortunately, Kent does not care. He'll fix his own. He'll do a bur he'll pick up a burger. But, you know, Merla has to go out to eat. Otherwise, she would never get any ethnic food. Mexican, Italian, Chinese. Kent wants nothing mixed together. Boring. <laughs> Speaking of going out for lunch, one day we're sitting at the Dairy Queen, and she's looking out towards 51. Here comes this bus, and she said, I don't care where that bus is going, I just want to get on it. It turned the corner, it went right by us, and it said, Illinois Department of Corrections. <laughs> that is true. I, I never see one of those buses that I don't think of Merla. I mean, she, that's really being desperate to get out of Clinton. And then she works in a travel agency. That's like a child working in a candy store. Who thinks Ken is one of the th most thoughtful people you know? Thoughtful? No. Yeah, there's some. I think it was two years ago he forgot Merla's birthday. So she's just telling me Wednesday, she, we're driving along, she says, every day for Kent, Kent said for the last two weeks, I gotta go shopping for your birthday. I gotta go shopping for your birthday. I don't know whether he was trying to get extra credit because he remembered, or he probably thought Merla was going to say, 
oh, that's okay, you don't have to buy me anything. Merla, I'm so glad you, that's what you were after, wasn't it? Merla, I'm so glad you didn't buy into that because guilt equals big present. In all seriousness, Kent, you, I know a lot of people here feel the same way I do. You have been with my family and all of us during some of the happiest moments of our lives. You've also been our si- at our sides during some of the most saddest parts of our lives. And we love you both very, very dearly. My association with Kent and Merla started a long time ago. We won't say how long ago that really was. Merla and I started college together at Lincoln when it was Lincoln Bible Institute. And uh, then Kent came along. I could never figure out why she fell for him. I, you know, there were a lot of other nice guys there, but somehow, some way, um, he, he found his way into her heart. But, you know, they, they bought a trailer on campus, and then, unfortunately, they sold it to my wife and myself. Okay. They left. I was hoping that somehow this 8 by 32 8 by 32 trailer would just burn up some night because it was such a pain. I don't know if you had all the problems I had. Oh, yeah, I see your head nod. And you still sold it to me. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I couldn't hardly unload it on anybody else because by then everybody else knew all the problems that trailer had. But uh, there were a lot of things that Kent did. Kent uh, was our uh, assistant basketball coach. I played basketball. Merle was a cheerleader. And on one particular trip, uh, and Merla, you, you were not cheering at this time. Okay, um, I think it, was, it must have been my senior year. And uh, anyhow, <clears throat> Coach Henderson was our coach, and he was a very strict person, very strict. And uh, somehow one night we decided that we were on a road trip. We were far away from home. I think we were over in Indiana. And uh, at the time, my girlfriend was a cheerleader, and so I said, Kent, is there any way that we could get her into our car? on the way home, which was absolutely forbidden, absolutely forbidden. Kent said, I think we can do it. <laughs> so not only did we get her in our car, we got Wanda Kroll in our car. Some of you may know Wanda. Now, we really panicked because we were sitting outside of a restaurant, and Henderson came out the door, and he started walking towards our car, and I thought, oh, we're dead. Well, at that time, what happened was that some, we had planned this ahead of time, thinking the coach might do something like this. We put hats back in the day when guys wore hats, not ball caps, but real hats. And, uh, but my girlfriend was sitting in the front seat with a, a wool coat on, pulled up like this, and the hat on. Ken's sitting here. I'm sitting in a shotgun seat. Wanda's in the back seat. She's got a hat on and a coat, kind of hunkered down. And Henderson walks over to the car and looks in, and we thought, we're dead. And, and he starts talking to Kent, and Kent starts trying to make sure that, that he doesn't really get down any further and look in. And sure enough, he did. Kent talked him out of it. Coach walked away. We all breathed a heavy sigh of relief. But I can tell you this, Kent was always the one who instigated most of those things. You know, I said it was my idea. Really, it wasn't mine. It was Kent's idea. Well, Kent, Kent did some other things, and I will not tell you some of the stories that, uh, that, that happened on ball trips and, and later on in life uh, in between us. But uh, he's been a great friend, 
a true friend and a great servant of the Lord, and it's really good to, uh, that he's been here for 30 years. And I know that you all have been blessed by his wonderful ministry, he and Merla's ministry here. Thank you, Kent, Merla, for all you've done. You know, I always wanted to get the microphone because for years Kent has threatened me with the microphone. If you do something out of line, I'll get you in the microphone. So today is payback time. <laughs> in September of 1983, I stopped by the office here at First Christian Church to meet the new senior minister. There I met a young, dark-haired individual who made me feel that, boy, First Christian Church has picked a real winner this time. Over the years of working together, we became good friends. We would start out the day at coffee at 7, one of the shell groups, and again at 3 if we were not busy. Now our 3 o'clock group started out with about 15 members, and now we're down to 4 or 5. I think Kent and I are just sticking around to see who will do each other's funeral. <laughs> one of my most pleasant times I call visits in the clergy car on funeral services, both in and out of town. Kent and I have ridden many, many miles together, discussed many topics, all of which stay in the clergy car when we depart. However, I must admit, I may have contributed to Kent's diabetes problem. One of our out-of-town trips, we stopped at the smorgasbord down at Springfield. And before we left, we tried every dessert on that table. Shortly after Ken's arrival, he asked me if I played golf. I replied, I'm not a good golfer. I never played with anyone I could beat. After getting to know him, I realized how he must have liked that comment because he prefers not to be beaten. <laughs> As many of you know, I grew up as a member of the United Methodist Church. After several years being a friend with Kent and many discussions with him, I became a member of First Christian Church. However, I could never figure out why, after his listening to me and talking, taking him to many Cub games, he remained a Cardinal fan. Well, wait till next year. <laughs> after working with many clergy over the years, I found summer preachers and summer pastors. One of the things I admire most about Kent and his ability to be, he is both a preacher and a pastor. He is not only the pastor, here at First Christian Church, he's the community pastor. He's respected and loved by members and non-members of churches in our community. He is truly loving, compassionate, and caring. Knowing that Kent and I were friends over the years, I would often uh, be told that I favored him for funerals in the community. Not true. I ask every family who they would like for their service. I often had these same two gentlemen would come in, and they loved to kid me, and they would say, I see you're having Hickerson again for the service. One day, these gentlemen's mother passed away, who was an active member of another church. In making my arrangements, I asked them the usual question, who you would desire to have the service? They both lowered their heads and said, Kent. <laughs> I just smiled, and they knew what I was thinking. Another example of community respect, one day I was making arrangements for a graveside service, asking the family who they desired, and they said they'd like the priest at St. John's Catholic Church. I called Father. 
They replied, he had an out-of-town commitment and could not do it that day. He said, just call Kent. He'll do a good job. I did, and he did. <laughs> over the past 30 years, I've heard over 2,000 funeral sermons of Kent's. Some, I think, were his brother Max's. <laughs> but I would not guess how many times I've heard the 23rd Psalm. Now on a serious note. I appreciate the times that Kent has been there for me and my family, both the weddings and the death of my son, Jeff, and during the illnesses and the death of my parents. It's so difficult to sum up 30 years of friendship in just three minutes. I thank God for sending me such a great and caring friend as Kent, and for the many times I've watched, he's helped so many families in our community. Thank you, Kent and Merla, for being my friend. Go ahead, go ahead and do that for me, please. And then after that, um, go ahead. Oh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. He's videoing me. All right, bye bye. All right. Hey. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Sorry, sorry. Just had to take that quick phone call. A little bit more important than this video. Oh, sorry. I said that out loud as well. Anyhow, hey, Kent Hickerson, happy 90th anniversary here at First Christian Church. Uh, 30th. Sorry. Anyhow, happy 30th here at First Christian Church. Hard to believe you've been here 30 years. How times have changed. I, I wish I had a picture that I could show when you came and when you're there now. A lot grayer hair, but that's okay, seriously. I uh, appreciated my time serving with you. You were like a great, 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 great grandfather to me. But anyhow, that's all right. Uh, seriously, Greg told me not to make this video too long. But thank you so much for your years of service at First Christian Church. I learned a lot from you while I was there, and I just appreciate your mentoring me. Appreciate our talks in the morning, our, our times together. I appreciate just being able to come in and share my frustrations, but also share my joys with you. I know it's going to be a great celebration for you today. Hopefully you were surprised by this. Again, have a great celebration. Again, glad to serve with you those many years, and may God just continue to bless you. Thank you for all you do at First Christian Church. Have a great day. Hello, First Christian Church. Uh, I'm going to uh, use a legal term incorrectly this morning. Uh, I kept thinking about two phrases, with prejudice and without prejudice, and I thought it meant when you were giving testimony uh, at a trial, but I talked with our resident legal expert, Dick, and he uh, corrected me and said that it related to judges making uh, comments on their decisions. So uh, I'm going to use it incorrectly because I'm going to speak with prejudice today. Fifty-three years ago next week, I arrived from Canada on the campus of what was then Lincoln Bible Institute and uh, met one of my three roommates, and, one, and her name was Merla Phelps. And this was the beginning of a lifelong friendship. And 50 years ago, this past June, I participated in the wedding of Merla to Kent Hickerson. And then when they began their ministry in Clinton 30 years ago, we took up where we left off in our friendship and we added my husband JD to the friendship. Now if you want to know, it's wonderful when two couples can uh, all be friends instead of it just being the women or the men. And this has been true and I want to tell you one of the reasons why. 
Uh, not long ago, uh, somebody said to Merla, what is it that you watch for programs on television? And just quick as a whip, she said, uh, it's any program that has a ball in it. <laughs> Baseball, basketball, football, golf. And the same could be said for the J.D. Harrell household, so you know why J.D. and Kent could be such good friends. The fact that we're all Cardinal fans doesn't, I'm sure, have one thing to do with the friendship. I want to address my uh, remarks this morning primarily to Merla. There's a saying that behind every successful man there is a woman pushing. Well, Merla hasn't been behind Kent in his successful ministries, not just here at First Christian, but throughout their marriage. Uh, she has been beside Kent. Uh, she has supported Kent in his ministries, and she's also had ministries of her own. Uh, Kent's known for his compassionate hospital calling. That's pretty well been covered here this morning. But many times he's come home and said to Merla, you know, uh, so-and-so's coming home from the hospital and they could probably use a little food because they don't really have any family to take care of them. And Merla takes care of that. Uh, Kent's been responsible for major church growth in all of his ministries, not just here at First Christian. But Merla has been the one who's offered hospitality of their home, who has uh, entertained new members, uh, people who have uh, been new in their neighborhood, uh, people who have come to be special speakers uh, in the church. And during his time as senior minister, Kent has always managed to keep a smooth-running organization in the congregation. Not an easy task if anybody knows what goes on behind the scenes in church organization. But Merla was always the one who would do whatever was needed. She'd get a call on Sunday morning. Somebody has laryngitis. You've got to get up here quick to lead the uh, worship uh, service songs. Or she's directed Vacation Bible School. She's been a women's ministry leader. She has taught uh, women's Bible studies right up until this very day. And uh, she has always done these things with competence, with grace, with good humor, and probably, usually, willingly. But many comments have been made about the smooth transition between uh, Kent and Greg in the senior minister's capacity here at First Christian. But I believe the same holds true for Merla, who has relinquished his ro her role as the First Lady and has been a true friend to Marla, and we should give her credit for that as well. Now, as we honor Kent today, it's been called Kent's celebration uh, for his 30 years of ministry. I want to suggest that we ought to be very grateful that he chose Merla, his, his companion, on this journey. Mark Whiskey, the chairman of the board, asked me to speak at this auspicious occasion on behalf of the Board of Elders, since I'm one of the older members on the board who have known Kent for quite a bit longer than some. On behalf of the board, uh, thanks to all who've organized this event for Kent and Merla, and thanks to all who've shared their testimonies here this morning. I'm sure there are literally hundreds here at First Christian Church and in the town of Clinton and beyond who likewise could have shared their love for Kent and what he's done for this church and them for the last 30 years. I know how much uh, 
Kent loved coming to uh, elders' meetings. Uh, you know, they go on for two or three or four hours at a time, and we talk about lots of important things like paint and colors and, you know, things, I don't know, cars and buses, talk a lot about buses. Kent's always really excited to participate in those and, and just, you know, waits, waits every month for the meeting to reconvene. But uh, he, was, he was sadly disappointed when uh, Greg came and uh, he was assigned the new, new responsibilities of pastoral care and uh, he was not invited to the elders' meetings, or, or rather he chose not to come, I guess is a better way to put that. Uh, at last elders' meeting, we, we talked about that, and uh, uh, there's a resolution on the table that uh, we'll, we'll re-invite you to come to the elders' meetings. It's Thursday night at 7.30, so, so put that on your calendar. Uh, we'll expect to see you. Speaking of elders, uh, my thoughts this morning will be about, about leadership. Uh, and our obligation as elders uh, to what I would call co-leading with the ministers. I've had the blessed good fortune to lead the elders in this congregation from time to time in my 35 years here at FCC. And during my tenure as a leader, and I'm sure my peers with me would agree, that it is and continues to be a huge blessing to serve with Kent. Kent's leadership style is unique. That is, it's far from what many say is required in a leader, uh, type A personality, take charge, be in command, barking orders here and there, being in control, kind of like Greg. <laughs> Kent's leadership is, is quiet, yet firm, strong, yet not overbearing, always thoughtful, never brash or antagonistic. His leadership is Christ-driven, with the demeanor of one who has the true spirit of God in his heart. His leadership has always been about the church, what should be done to evangelize, how to use every occasion to be a witness for our mission as Christians. The teamwork of leadership between Coach Kent and the team of elders has been critically important to the success of our church and of Kent's ministry. It's been such a pleasure to be able to work with Kent. His leadership through our major building programs was very effective. He basically gave Dave Herzog three directions. I want a big stage, lots of light, and it needs to seat 600, and then walked away. And stepped back to let Dave and the committees make it happen. We honored his request to not be involved in every minute detail about the size of the pulpit, the color of the carpet, the color of the pews. He said, that's important, but it's not really relevant. What's relevant is a bigger place to bring more people to Christ, a comfortable place, an airy place, a place that's well-lighted so we can see each other. And that's what we accomplished with Dave's leadership. Turning for a minute to a more personal relationship with Kent, Kent served my family on more than one occasion to lift us up when we needed it. When Paula's mother came to visit, became hospitalized with a life-threatening health issue, Kent was there to visit John Warner Hospital, offered up prayers in our behalf. Those prayers were answered. She survived and lived many more years thanks to those answered prayers. When my dad suddenly became gravely ill in Missouri, 
It was Kit on the phone from my dad's bedside. That Sunday morning, my mother and I counted on him to pray with us. Again, Kent's prayers were answered. I should also note that Greg Taylor, who was fairly new at the time, <clears throat> drove 335 miles one way to be with my family at my mother's funeral. The tradition of caring continues. I continue to drop into Kent's office, usually early in the morning, because I know that's where he is, catching him, reading the obituaries, waiting for Larry to call. And from time to time, catching him with his feet up on the desk, reading from the good book. I can always count on his wise counsel from him, no matter what the subject, and I always can count on his prayers lifted up on my behalf when I have a need. FCC has been blessed by Kent and his family coming to Clinton, and we're all so proud to have them as a working team in our congregation. Thank you, Kent and Merla. I'm privileged on behalf of the Board of Elders, the staff, members, congregation, and friends who worship with us here this morning to present this travel voucher and a check for a little spending money to you and Merla to enjoy a trip somewhere that you've dreamed of. Respond? Okay, go for it. Be seated. <laughs> I thought, well, when I left Kentwood, Michigan, they did about the same thing, but they gave me a live mic and I got to smart off at everybody that said something about me. And uh, But we won't take the time today to, to do that. But thank you very much. And I, I'm really glad it's Susie Davis Travel Agent because I. I was afraid. That is yours, isn't it? We thank all of you being here. We, uh, I apologized to Greg and all. I said, I don't want anything like this. And my daughter said he doesn't want anything like this. And Merla told me he doesn't want anything like this. And I told him again, I don't want anything like this. And he said, I know, but I don't care. Uh, 30 years deserve something so I, I thank him for that and I thank him for the last uh, how long you been here? seven years that I uh, that he and I have worked together in a different type of relationship and uh, I was at the funeral home one day with another preacher and uh, he asked me what I was doing I said we got a new young preacher and, and I don't preach anymore and uh, very seldom and 
And he said, you mean you're staying on? I said, yeah, I stayed, I'm stayed, I've stayed there several years now. He said, man, at seminary, they tell us never stay where the old man still hanging around. <laughs> but I'm still hanging around, and he's still hanging around. I hope we can do that as long as the Lord lets us to do that. Thank you all for being here today. Will you stand up with me, please? We're going to close our time in here with a word of prayer, and then we're going to let Kenton, Merla, and family head to the Family Life Center, and we'll dismiss you in just a moment. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this morning, and I thank you for the laughter, and I thank you for the tears, and uh, we just thank you most of all for honor to whom honor is due, to Kenton Merla for just a, a passion to serve you here at Clinton First Christian Church, and as Larry said, really the entire community and communities. And I just thank you for the difference that uh, this man and woman have made and continue to make to this day. We love you so much. We thank you for the hope we have in Jesus. And I thank you for the impact of Kenton Merla Hickerson. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Adam's going to lead you all on your way out. And again, I want to thank all of you for coming out. You can go have a seat for just a moment. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment and let you know what is happening